0: Hi, everyone. Welcome or welcome back to In Bloom Podcast. My name is Abby Aslan and I'm the host of this podcast. I hope you have or are having a fabulous day when you're listening so far. Today's Sunday and I'm recording on a Sunday, which I usually like to try and get my podcast out of the way before Sunday so that this episode is brought to you by Shopify. (laughs) Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I can just focus on getting errands done and like resetting for the week on Sundays, but this episode, when I tell y'all I put every ounce of my being into this episode I did and I based on the way I've planned it which I haven't recorded it yet obviously but based on the way I've planned it I think this is going to be like one of my favorite episodes ever in my almost four years of having this podcast which is so crazy to even think that I've had it this long but I really had a very strong realization this week about something basically what this episode's about And it wasn't a realization I've had before. It's something that is new to me um, in this phase of my life and just with where I'm at right now. And because it's something that's so new to me, I had so much to unpack with it. And I haven't even like gone to therapy and like talked about it yet. So this is all just like raw emotion and very, very real So, but it's just because my therapy appointment, I've kept having to move around because of other stuff going on in my life and because of work. So it's just gotten moved around a lot, but you best believe I'm going to be unpacking all of this and talking about it more in therapy pretty soon. But we are going to be talking this week about the silent emotion you haven't been paying enough attention to and what it has to say to you. And that emotion is envy. And I'm so excited to talk to you guys about this because I feel like it's something that literally nobody talks about and it's actually I think a lot more prevalent in all of our lives than we realize it is and that's kind of why I call it the silent emotion because it isn't necessarily something that affects you physically but it really 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 is kind of just running in the background in your daily life if it's an emotion that's very present in your life And you don't really realize it's there until you have like one of these realizations like I had. But before we get started, y'all know the drill. We're going to go over the quote, goal, and gratitude for this week. And my quote this week comes from Pinterest and it says, spend less time focusing on things you want less of and more time focusing on things you want more of. And this is sort of a mantra or quote, whatever you want to say, that I'm going to be trying to live by for the rest of this year. And I think that going into a new year, like when we started 2023, I definitely was very focused on things that I wanted to like eliminate from my life. And whether that's lifestyle habits or feelings or whatever, just I was really focused on things I wanted to eliminate. And I was trying to model lifestyle changes based off of that. And I really think that sometimes when you do that, you end up dwelling too much on the wrong thing and giving way too much energy and attention to something that you already don't want that much energy and attention to be given to in the first place. So I think focusing more on the things you want more of is better than dwelling on the things that you are desperately trying to change and get rid of. and of course you have to pay them some mind because otherwise if you don't do anything about them being there, the things that you don't want, they're gonna stay there. But I think that there's like this healthy balance of only paying them as little mind as you possibly can for those things that you want less of and then literally directing all of the rest of your energy to the things you want more of. So I really want to focus on that. And I think that it kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of what this episode's gonna be talking about too. And my goal for this week is to spend less time on social media and the way I'm going to implement this goal, a lot of times I just say goals and I don't really say like what I'm doing to actually try and implement them (laughs) and stick to them, but the way I'm going to try and stick to it this week is I'm not going to let myself get on social media when I'm laying in bed and I think that'll be really helpful for keeping me off of it like when I wake up in the morning and then keeping me off of it as I'm going to sleep. And then that way, the only times I get on social media, it'll be like when I'm not in bed. I feel like I'm not bad about sitting on social media for long periods of time when I'm just like going throughout my day. But that always tends to happen, like the doom scrolling and just like sitting on my phone and social media for too long. That always seems to happen when I'm in bed. So I'm like literally setting a rule with myself that I cannot get on social media if I'm sitting or laying in bed. And I am actually taking a social media like a break today which I have not done a social media free day and I think I want to say I did one back in like 2021 maybe I don't think I've done one since then and I've like had days where I haven't really gotten on for more than probably 10 minutes on social media because they've just been like such busy days but I've never done like an intentional I am trying to break the habit of just opening my phone and opening an app just because I have a still moment during my day So I thought about this earlier this week and I was like, you know what? I really just feel like I need just like a detox and I don't want to do like a whole week or anything because I am a content creator and I want to like be sharing things with you guys. And it's been so hard because like today I've been going about my day and have been wanting to post stories and stuff of like what I'm doing because I just love doing that, especially on the weekends since during the week I don't really get to post often because of work. So I really like to like go hard on the weekends and like actually share more content but I was like, I really need to do it on a weekend day and not a weekday because those are the days that I definitely am on social media more. And I have really, I mean, it's like two o'clock right now, but I've gotten a lot done today in the sense of I've like gotten groceries done. I went to a workout class. I woke up like late, later than usual, but it's because we were out late last night until like 1.30, so I didn't go to bed until like 2.15. And I woke up at nine, went to a workout class at 9.30 at F45, and then I went to yoga Because my F45 does yoga like every other Sunday or every Sunday. I don't really know. For free for like members or whatever. And I went to yoga and I wasn't originally going to go. But I kind of had a lull period of time between my grocery pickup order. And then when I finished my F45 class. So yoga was like 30 minutes after my F45 class ended. So I came home, made some coffee, drank some coffee. Like read like five pages of my book and turned around and left. And during that time when I was reading... Normally I would have like just picked up my phone and sat on my phone to like kill the time, you know? And then I went to yoga and I, um, then I went and picked up groceries and came back home and I kind of reorganized the fridge and now I'm recording the podcast and I feel like I've just bought so much time back in my day already by not just getting on my phone and scrolling. So I feel a lot better doing that, but yeah, that's kind of my goal this week is to just kind of continue the trend of staying off of it more and just really detoxing my brain from that addictive habit of just opening my phone and opening up a social media app, you know, and my gratitude for this week. I'm honestly just thankful that February is almost over, and that might sound terrible because it's literally February 19th when I'm recording this, and technically it's not almost over, but we're getting there, um, but I say that just because I really struggle with the month of February. I used to love it, but I just struggle with it because it's definitely like a gloomy month usually and it's definitely like probably one of my busiest months it's I would say in terms of from beginning of the month to end of the month on a steady level like a consistent level it's my busiest month for work and it's definitely <laughs> exhausting so it feels kind of good knowing that February is almost over because it's really like the first full month of busy season and then March will be busy too but honestly i think february is a little bit busier than march for me this year i don't think it was last year but i think it is going to be this year and i am just ready for it to be over because today is like a warmer day and it was really cold like the last two or three days here in houston and this morning i like put on my puffer to go outside like to go to my workout class cuz it was so much colder the last few days and I walked outside and I was like, wait, I don't need a puffer jacket right now. What am I doing? And it's just a really beautiful sunny day today and like the birds are chirping and things are like kind of starting to look a little green again in some spaces and I can just feel spring in the air and like around the corner and granted we don't really have like a true spring here in Houston. It just kind of like gets really hot and then it's really hot for like seven months But I think that I just am feeling really re-inspired with like the changing of the seasons coming up. And like this is probably the last few days that we had were probably like the last um, of the cold, like truly cold, cold days of the winter for us here in Houston. And I had the run in the Target earlier to pick up some things and I saw like the Easter stuff out and it's so just cute. And I I just love spring. I feel like you as a person, you tend to – thrive the most in the season your birthday's in and I don't know if there's like anything behind that but I don't know. I, I y'all know I love fall like so so much and like the Christmas holiday season so so much but spring just like the colors of spring and the vibe of just like the renewal after coming out of a cold winter that is just like everything to me. So I'm just really looking forward to that. That's just another reason why I'm glad February's almost over. And I hate saying that because I genuinely do like aspects of February. Like, I love Valentine's Day. I love all the pink and flowers and everything about Valentine's Day. And I have several friends and, like, family members who have birthdays in February and stuff, too. So I hate saying that. But truly, I am just ready for a fresh new season and start. So let's go ahead and get into the episode and talk about our little friend, Envy, so when I had the thought pop into my head to do an episode talking about envy, I knew that I just had to do it no matter how uncomfortable it may make me since this is something that definitely isn't openly talked about like I said amongst 20-something year olds and is usually a pretty pretty shameful thing to discuss. Like I think nobody talks about it because it is it does induce shame when you talk about it because It's very embarrassing sometimes to admit that you're feeling envious of something because sometimes it may be something surface level or sometimes it may just be something that you're not really feeling comfortable openly sharing with someone. But it's not really ever talked about because I feel like on social media, we really want to portray this just strong confidence and self-esteem So in order to portray that image, nobody's going to talk about envy and people they envy or lifestyles they envy or things they envy. You know what I mean? Because everybody's kind of trying to maintain this I'm comfortable and confident with myself sort of image. And I don't think that everybody necessarily intentionally is trying to maintain that image, but I think subconsciously all of us are a lot less likely to share something we'd be envious of because we want to sort of maintain that you know we are happy with where we're at on social media. And we definitely share struggles and stuff on social media. I know a lot of people are very open and vulnerable including myself on social media. But when it comes to envy, it's just something that I feel like nobody speaks about. And envy is one of those emotions that I don't even think I've come close to scratching the surface of. I've spent time in therapy working on plenty of other feelings and emotions that I struggle with, but it wasn't until recently that I had this realization that envy has become sort of a silent ruler in my life for as long as I can remember. And I say silent ruler because it doesn't seem to manifest itself physically like I was saying earlier in any way like anxiety or stress can. And I kind of like to think of envy as a computer program. It just silently runs in the background while you go about your day-to-day life without making its presence very known, yet you don't even realize how much it's affecting your thoughts and your actions and mindset since you're still able to fully function while feeling envy. And for starters, I was actually initially going to talk about jealousy in today's episode, but when I sat down and got to planning, I realized jealousy isn't quite what I struggle with. It's definitely envy and there is a difference. And as I was planning, I remembered there was this video clip I had seen a while ago of Brene Brown talking about the difference between jealousy and envy. And basically, jealousy involves a third party and feeling the threat of someone taking something you already have from you. Whereas envy is typically between just two parties and it's where you want something that someone else has already. And it made me realize how often we misuse the word jealous in society because I feel like it's typically more common. It's the more common used word between jealousy and envy. Like I feel like when we want something that someone else has, we're just... We just say things like, I'm jealous of that lifestyle. What we actually usually mean is we envy it, and we just tend to misuse it. And in order to feel envy, someone has to have some sort of tangible or intangible quality, possession, or achievement that they want and maybe have even tried to attain before, but they don't have. And envy has become even more prevalent with the lives of strangers, readily accessible in an instant by the masses at our fingertips. In fact, I think that the vast majority of my envious feelings are triggered by people that I don't even know in real life and have gained access to through the internet. And for me, when my friends succeed or family members succeed and attain something that I also may be striving for, it makes me feel proud and happy for them and very inspired. And that's likely because I've been by their side on their path to achieving whatever it was that they were striving for. But when a stranger gets something that we also want, we have no emotional connection to them outside of the fact that they have something that we want. And we don't know all of the behind the scenes of their journey to get there and weren't with them along the way. So envy takes over much more often with internet strangers than it does with my own circle. And I think it's because of that lack of connection with people on the internet because I just see that they have something And it's a lot easier to feel envious and it's a lot harder to feel just true inspiration and being proud when I don't really know what all went into that. Does that make sense? And I'm not saying that I feel envious anytime somebody achieves something online because there are people that I follow that I've followed for a very long time. And when they achieve something, I'm always, you know, very happy for them and I feel very proud for them. But I would say my feelings of envy typically tend to be the strongest and the most they occur the most with people online because I wasn't a part of their journey to get whatever it was. And it I'm only seeing that achievement, you know what I mean? And my earliest memory of being able to even conceptualize envy dates back to when I was about six or seven years old when I was learning the Ten Commandments. And when I got to the last commandment, because I believe it's like the 10th one, And learned, thou shalt not covet. I had no idea what the word covet meant, but had it explained in some Sunday school terms to me. And ironically, I clung to this commandment and even kind of labeled it as my favorite as a child, probably because it had a new fancy word that I could add to my vocabulary. But little did I know how much coveting and envy would become a silent ruler of my life after being so steadfast in my pursuit of trying to follow that commandment as a kid and going off of that envy has been a part of my life for seriously as long as I can remember but I just now had this realization that it's been this way for so long because I kind of knew that I struggled with it when I was younger but I felt like it had completely gone away for a while and then I had this realization recently but especially since I grew up with a superstar of an older sibling. I definitely struggled with envy very early on. And my brother and I are very close, but growing up, I always felt like I needed to achieve the same things he did in order to be seen or valued, which is a whole other personal can of worms to unpack another time. But this feeling didn't really arise until I was in middle school but it really took off when we were both in high school and the first thing teachers would say to me when we were starting a new school year and I would be meeting them was, oh my gosh, your brother is so smart or I love teaching your brother or your brother is the best student ever. Are you as smart as your brother? And kind of just like that was my first interaction with a lot of teachers, which is of no wrongdoing on their part because they're, I mean, he was great and he's just a great student and he's very smart. But it set up a competition in my head from the moment I heard those words and I, had, I knew I had something to prove because they set it up that way unintentionally. And it got worse as I would study my butt off for my classes and make good grades, yes, but I was doing all of this work after watching him barely have to study for those same classes to make the same grades. And I about lost it when he walked into the ACT for the first time with, minimal studying and got the score he needed for a full ride to Alabama while I studied for months to be six points shy of that score that I needed to get the same scholarship which the minimum score for the scholarship raised two points between him taking the test and me taking the test and I eventually got the score three tests and lots of tears later that I needed but I digress but anyways this envy carried on until he went to college And once he went to college, it eventually dissipated when we started living different lives and weren't in the same small network of people anymore and weren't really living under the same roof. And we had grown into totally new human beings with entirely different career goals and paths and had really become fish swimming in an ocean rather than a pond. And it's worth noting that this envy was a fuel for me for most of my life, especially in high school when I was really struggling with it. And I struggled with it in a lot of different ways in high school, and we're going to get into that later. But I think one of the most strong feelings of envy that I felt in high school had to do with the wanting the achievements that my brother had with the same ease that it came to him with. And the envy was truly such a fuel for me. And it turns out that the combination of fear of failure and envy – have a stop flight to burnout, but ultimately will get you to your destination and where you want to be. And while it may be a negative emotion with the power to attack and conquer your self-esteem, happiness and peace, it can really also heighten your motivation and standards in that same battle. So I really, really was motivated by envy and it's a hindsight thing. I couldn't have told you that. When I was developing a ton of discipline in high school, but I was 100% mainly motivated by fear of failure and envy. And I was cooking dinner late one night this week, and this is when the realization happened. And it was while I was taking a break from work before I had to log back on to get some more work done after dinner to do my job, because that's just the way things are right now during busy season. And I had decided to watch a vlog while I was cooking because it's typically like something I do to just sort of take my mind off of things and unwind while I cook and make cooking feel more enjoyable and there weren't really there wasn't really anything in my subscription box that I wanted to watch so I ended up I think on like my home page find, finding like this travel vlog to Hawaii and I was like in the thumbnail was just really beautiful so I clicked on it and I found myself smiling as I was watching and Like the color in the sky fades to black in a matter of moments as the sun sets, the smile was literally wiped clean from my face as I tasted envy in my mouth all of a sudden. I grew up on the beach, and I love the beach and surfing more than just about anything. And if you know me, then you know that that's just very true. And as I continued watching this vlog and preparing my dinner, all the happy thoughts about the beautiful beaches and the cute outfits and the fun lifestyle that was glaring on my screen instantly turned to these covetous thoughts. Like you're telling me I sat in the same spot in front of my computer for 12 hours today on Excel and there's people who get paid more to travel and experience new places without a second job and get to do all of this on their own watch. That can't be right, you know? I work so hard I upload videos every week on my YouTube channel, and I have been for years, even longer than a lot of these vloggers have been. But my lifestyle doesn't look like that. What is this? And then, boom, I spiraled. And blame it on the exceptional vlog I watched, or blame it on the fact that my period would be arriving in several days. But bottom line, I was envious. And then it was like I woke up not knowing where I was and was suddenly way too aware of my feelings and surroundings I realized I was struggling with envy in so many areas of my life and my feelings of envy were slowly starting to consume me and my thoughts and my mindset it was so much more and so much deeper than not being a travel vlogger and showing my trip in Hawaii and please let it be known that I have absolutely no ill will towards anyone who does this or think that they're not deserving of those things and I'm truly happy for them and the fact that their life exists the way it does because they help make people like me realize what we truly care about and need to focus on more. And without them, where would I get my unwavering motivation and discipline? Not really. I'm trying not to let envy be my only motivator anymore. And I think I'm a lot better about not doing that now that I'm an adult. But it was a slippery slope when I was in high school when I would start feeling envious. It was like a drug of motivation to just really get started. But now that we've established some background and how this episode was born, let's dive even deeper and actually do something about what we're feeling because you all know I'm on a healing journey and that means no sweeping things under the rug, no matter how badly I want to. And when we're younger and before we get into the real world, our concept of envy is often but not always limited to more near-term achievements and tangible materialistic type of possessions. And let me illustrate this by going through some of the things that I envied when I was younger. Some were much more fleetings of envy than others, like they were something that I would feel envious of for a week, whereas some of them I was envious of for years. And some of these things I did actually end up achieving, but these were the strongest feelings of envy that I can recall now from high school. So one of the first ones I remember was wanting a luxury vehicle when I started driving when I was 16, which I knew that wasn't going to happen. And I am so beyond thankful that I had a car and that I had a good car and that I didn't have to pay for my first car. And that was seriously such a blessing and when I look back I I mean I was very thankful for it but when I look back now I'm like I couldn't have I could have been more thankful for it I guess is what I'm saying because having to pay for that would have been really hard in high school and I just remember uh, since I had a later birthday in April a lot of my friends started driving before me and a lot of my friends had really cool cars or maybe they weren't like necessarily a luxury vehicle there definitely were lots of luxury vehicles but maybe somebody just kind of got a car that they really wanted that like really reflected their lifestyle personality whatever and I remember feeling that way and you know thinking oh I you know wish I had a luxury vehicle that you know had a sunroof had like full leather seats and you know all these bells and whistles Another thing I struggled with was wanting my clothes to be specific brands and even going as far as thinking that they needed to be that way in order to make friends, which is so sad and horrible to think about looking back on. But I truly remember just my, my paychecks from my job in high school after I would put what I wanted to in my savings. A lot of times I you know, I would use the rest of it for gas, hang out with friends and like that kind of thing. But I would spend more than I needed to on clothes. And I would just – I remember I would go and, like, go to Dillard's and, like, go to, like, the clearance rack. And when preppy stuff was really trendy, I was like, okay, is there any Lily Pulitzer on this rack? I'll get it. Even if I didn't like it, but just because it was, like, Lily Pulitzer and that's what people were wearing, I was like, okay, I need to get this. And it's just really sad looking back on it because, one, that was like that, – that is so not me at all in the slightest. If you know me, you know that Lily Pulitzer is just not – I mean, I don't want to – I'm not, like, hating on the brand because I think their stuff is very cute. It's just not typically something that I wear, at least, like, patterned type of stuff like that, I guess is what I should say. The next thing is wanting a full-ride scholarship to an out-of-state school like my brother. Once I saw my brother getting this colleges and saw that he was, you know, getting these really solid scholarships, especially, like, the full rides that were to out-of-state schools – It was very, very inspiring, but it was also a very hard reality check because that was when I had the realization that if I wanted to go anywhere besides my local state college in my hometown, I was going to have to get a full ride in order to like make it work financially Um, because I just didn't. I knew I was going to have to take out loans for living expenses and for like books and everything, but I didn't want to take out loans for that and for... The tuition too especially because what I was getting with the federal aid wasn't it was just enough to cover like most of my living expenses and then I usually had to cover like two months of my rent during the year or something like that so I just saw that and knew that I wanted it too and next was wanting to finish high school at the top of my class like my brother did and that did happen and it was just funny because I remember my brother coming home like one day and he him saying that he was in the top of his class or whatever and he was, you know, in top 10. And I remember thinking that was like the coolest thing ever and it was a really cool achievement. And something really weird actually happened between him graduating and me graduating. So basically, they when my brother was a senior in high school, that was, I think it was the last year that they did it, but they recognized the top 10 people in terms of GPAs. And then I don't know who approved this or whose idea this was, but it is the, I'm really curious, like if they still do this, but my year they decided we're going to have our top 10 instead of calling it like a top, I mean, it was still called a top 10, but it was called like hall of fame, top 10, whatever we voted it in. So it was basically just a popularity contest And I mean, fortunately, and then, so they recognized those 10 people, but then they recognized the uh, valedictorian and salutatorian. And I was salutatorian and I remember thinking, which looking back, it's literally so silly because I couldn't care less about it now. But at the time I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm glad I'm salutatorian because I so badly wanted to finish high school in top 10. And I wouldn't have, I it was like, there's no way I would have got voted in the top 10 for um, the way they did it at that point. And I would have have been upset because I spent so much time and effort trying to be in the top 10 of my class just to like not get recognized with the new way they did things, which is a valid feeling, but at the end of the day, literally does not matter at all. And I don't care about it. Um, And next was wanting to be as good at sports as some of my friends were. And I had some very athletic, very incredible, talented friends in sports, and a lot of those friends have been playing those sports their whole life, so me wanting this and feeling these feelings of envy was very, it's funny looking back, because I was totally ignoring the fact that I was a sport hopper in eighth grade since I had a sport identity crisis after I quit gymnastics. So a lot of those friends that I was envying had been playing the same sport their whole life, and I was... I literally tried out like three or four different sports in eighth grade because I was having a crisis and I was like, what do I do now? Because gymnastics has been my whole life for like six years. So what am I supposed to do? Um, So I ended up trying out a bunch of sports and then sticking with volleyball. And I really, really struggled as I was playing volleyball because I went to the like school that you kind of wanted to go to if you were going to be playing volleyball in my hometown. So I was on JV for two years and then I was on varsity my junior year and I didn't play my senior year because I knew I wasn't going to be going to college for volleyball and I didn't want to play college or didn't want to play volleyball in college anyways and I wanted to just enjoy my senior year since it took up a lot of time during like the summer and um, during the school year and everything so but I remember just being so I, I just I would feel so down on myself because I would be in practice and I would work my butt off and I would really, really like give it my 150%. And I would always get so frustrated because I'd be like, I'm just not as good as some of these people. But then it's like, okay, of course you're not. They've literally, they they are perfecting their craft. Like they have been doing this for a very long time. And you are a baby when you compare it to them. Like we have not been on the same journey. So like, stop comparing yourself to them and just compare yourself to yourself and the progress that you've made since you started because I made a ton of progress between my freshman year and junior year but I was just so focused on everyone else around me and then the next thing wanting a relationship like the ones I saw on social media and in the movies I had so many like situationships in high school which that wasn't even a coined term when I was in high school but I mean at least it's something now so I can sit here and actually call it something instead of being like oh yeah I just talked to a lot of people because situationships is the right way to put it where it's like you know I was kind of talking like texting somebody for a few weeks and then I would just get the ick and that's another term that wasn't <laughs> a thing when I was in high school but literally that's what would happen I would talk to somebody for two or three weeks get the ick and then I'd be like I can't do this and most of the time I never even like hung out with them outside of school so but I was always I, I just always felt so misunderstood and so I just felt like I was never seen for who I actually was. And I because of that, I longed for something very genuine and authentic that like actually felt like a true relationship and love. And I saw a lot of that with Tumblr and everything and Instagram kind of starting. Like there weren't a ton of like Instagram famous couples, but there were several. I think of um Savannah Montano, is that her name? And Jared, I wanna say her like first like public boyfriend was. They were huge on Tumblr. And then I think of like Alexis Wren and Jay Alvarez. And not that I necessarily wanted like their relationships. I wasn't envious of their relationships because I actually literally knew nothing about them other than the pictures that they posted. I just like loved that I was envious of the fact that it seemed like they had somebody that you know they could be themselves around and love and take cute pictures with and do fun things with and everything and the next thing is wanting to not have to work over the summer and during some of the school year so that I could go to the beach every day like some of my friends could this one always hit so hard in the summer because I think I've probably talked about it on my podcast before but I worked at a surf shop and through like all of high school from when I was like 15 until um the summer before I left for college and I was like a surf instructor but I was also I just worked like the retail like the store itself and did a mix of both of those but it was next door to this really popular restaurant in Panama City Beach called Fins and now there's the finns is actually like part of the surf shop too but a lot of times my friends would literally like it'd be like a group of friends and they would go to fence and then they would like come inside and they would see me and I'd just be like working and they were just like, oh, we're going to the meet for like the day in our own, going to sit out there all day. And I'm like, I literally am so wanting to do that right now <laughs> and I would be very envious of people who didn't have to work jobs in the summer and I just really destroyed my mindset the entire summer and I could have just been grateful instead that I had a very cool job and got to You know be outside and be in the water and on the beach for part of my job and I wasn't necessarily just stuck indoors all day I was some days but not all the time and last but not least wanting to look like the girls I saw on tumblr and I was I was a huge tumblr girl in high school and tumblr is very infamous for sort of triggering eating disorders I believe you could say and i'm not going to dive any deeper into that that's all i'm going to say but basically just because it glorified you know certain body types and that's really all you would see on tumblr back in the day was a very specific body type and it was just depending on the state of mind you were in to be consuming that content it could really you know lead to some very heavy comparison and you know leading to you thinking i want to look like that or i wish i could look like that And then before I regress and spiral too hard, let's go ahead and move on to the current covetous thoughts and envy that I struggle with and compare them to what my covetous thoughts looked like about eight to 10 years ago when I was in high school. And you will really be able to see full picture um, with this illustration that when I was in high school, a lot of it was more image focused and then now it isn't as much. So right now, one of the things I'm really struggling with is wanting to feel fulfilled and excited to, or fulfilled in my job and excited to wake up most mornings, um, like the people I know who feel purpose in their jobs and love their jobs. And this one just speaks for itself. I mean, I, all the time I see people on TikTok who are talking about, I love my job, this is what I do, blah, blah, blah. And I literally see it and it's kind of like an eye roll for me. I'm just like, oh, it must be nice type of feeling, you know? And I hate, I literally hate that attitude. It, it gives me the ick of myself 100%. And, but that's honestly the way I feel a lot of times when I see it. And it's because it's a stranger. I don't know what they did to get that job. I'm not attached to their journey. And I just saw them say they love their job. And it, you know, strikes a nerve in me and makes me feel envy. And I'm like, you know what? I wish I could say I felt the same way. And next is wanting to travel and see new places like the travel vloggers do and I uh, this has not actually been something that I've ever struggled with in terms of feeling envy or envious of and I didn't really love traveling when I was younger because I traveled so much for gymnastics competitions when I was really little so it like made me hate traveling for a while and then same thing. Once I got in high school, we traveled a lot for like volleyball tournaments and just for volleyball games. And I got really sick of that. And I like wanted to go places, but I didn't want to actually like do the traveling to get there. If that makes sense. And the traveling to get places, I was enough for me to be like, you know what? Never mind. I don't want to go anywhere. But because of my lifestyle now, where I am literally. Living the same day, day in and day out, and there's hardly any variety to it. I pretty much am inside my home all day, every day, with the exception of going to a workout class five days a week. Since that is like my same exact day every day, I've the monotony of that has really struck a nerve in me to. Want to travel, and it makes me feel envious of the people who sort of freely get to do it without having, you know, to think twice about like the money of it, or people who maybe even get paid to do it, and that they get to see new places. Because I truly think that adventure and like doing new things and seeing new places is sort of just a very foundational piece of the definition of life and living itself, because. I feel like doing new things and seeing new places and trying new things is what makes life feel lively and it makes you feel like you're actually living and not just existing. So I'm very envious of the people who seem to be living and not just existing, I guess is a great way to put it. And next is wanting to land brand partnerships with companies that I see other influencers getting the work with. And honestly, just land any brand partnerships for that matter. I have really been going through a lull with just my social media. And I don't know what it is. If you're a social media manager and you've noticed like a decrease in like brand partnerships, then let me know so I don't feel like it's a me problem. Because right now I'm like, okay, something's wrong with me. Because I am... The brand partnerships that I do get pitched like from my manager and stuff, they're just not... It's like all random brands that I've never heard of that seem to be just like very fast fashion-esque and like that kind of thing or they're just random things that are not in alignment with my brand in the slightest and things that I've never heard of. And I'm totally open to doing those things and trying those things out and then if I love them, I 100% will work with them. But if something is, if I'm having to convince myself of how it's going to fit itself in my lifestyle, then it's not in alignment with my brand. And I feel like that's how most of the things I've been pitched lately have been so I've just been saying no to things but I honestly just haven't really been getting pitched that much stuff to begin with and it's just made me feel very envious of other influencers when I see them getting to work with like brands that I use you know like on a daily basis and then I'm sitting there thinking I wish I could work with them and because I already use them and everything and I get feelings like that and I think a lot of this one too comes from comparison with my past self and I think it's healthy to compare yourself with yourself but at the same time you know things ebb and flow but I think about um, around like when I was a junior and senior in college I really got to work with so many dream brands that were just really cool and to this day I am still shocked that I even got to work with them and it was truly just the coolest experience ever and I just remember being so genuinely excited to create content for these brands and everything and just feeling so thankful that I even had those opportunities and so I think a lot of these feelings of wishing and wanting to land those types of brand partnerships now comes from me comparing myself with my past self but also you know getting on social media and seeing other influencers you know getting good brand deals all the time and getting to work with, um, brands that I use and everything because I'm just like, Hey, I want to do that. And next is wanting to be authentic and accepted at the same time in the way somebody like Emma Chamberlain, for example, is. I guess you could say, because I, I feel like I can't have both for some reason. And I think it's just because I am such a chronic people pleaser that I try to form my content to be, something that will be liked by as many people as possible and that's not really a good strategy because you end up trading likability and acceptance for authenticity unintentionally and that's a slippery slope because then you end up morphing yourself into someone you don't even really recognize because you've all of a sudden made this cookie cutter version of yourself for people to consume your content and for it to be liked by as many people as possible to avoid rejection because I'm just apparently, I I struggle with rejection, I guess, when it comes to the internet and making content and being a content creator. So that's something I'm definitely struggling with, but I'm very envious of the people who seem to just sort of effortlessly be themselves, but still be accepted by so many people. And not to, that doesn't mean that they don't have any haters or you know whatever which that's just a whole other thing but I'm sure they still do but it seems as though for the most part you know people they are very you know well liked for who they are and they are very authentic and it seems very effortless effortless and I'm kind of envious of that because I feel like I used to be very authentic and I still am in the sense that I'm always very vulnerable but I don't necessarily always feel like I'm being as my, the truest version of myself online, if that makes sense. And a lot of that has to do with me not accepting myself for who I am in some ways that, which is something that I have just struggled with for a long time. And it's self-acceptance is one of my values, like my core values that I've identified in therapy, but it's one that I haven't really worked on and prioritized the time because it's just really hard for me. So I really do envy <laughs> those people who seem to just have everyone, most people enjoy them and enjoy their content and not even necessarily like them, but they enjoy their content and are still their authentic selves. And next is wanting to look effortlessly put together, like people with, you know, just naturally a straight hairdo or effortlessly beautiful features. And this is something that I've never, I don't want to say I've never struggled with because I definitely have before. But I found lately when I've had to get ready to go do things, I've just been getting so frustrated with having curly hair because it feels like I always look more messy and just not as put together when my hair is curly. And it can, I feel like sometimes it genuinely ruins an outfit. Not necessarily in the summer, but in the winter when I'm having to wear like a puffer jacket or a blazer or just anything like that. I just feel like I don't really look fully put together if my hair is natural for some reason. And just those people who just sort of have very effortlessly beautiful features and that just really work with their face. And I sometimes just feel like I look like a slob and I'm, and then a lot of that has to do with working from home, I think. So I tend to feel a little, this one's not really a strong feeling of envy, but every now and then I'll just have a little ping of it where it's just kind of like, oh, I wish I had that sort of effortless model off duty look but at the same time I just need to accept myself um, the way I am and embrace who I am and next is wanting to have the energy to do literally anything besides laying in bed and tending the chores after work and on the weekends like extroverted people do I tend to envy extroverts because it seems very easy for them to go out and about and like hang out with friends on the weekends after work that kind of thing Whereas I really, really struggle to get myself to do anything outside of the things on my to-do list and lay in bed on the weekends and after work because I just am so exhausted and seeing other people is typically something that drains me of energy rather than fills me with energy because I'm not an extrovert. There are a few people that I can be around that do sort of give me energy when I'm around them. But other than that, I really struggle with being able to have energy to do literally anything because I'm usually just so drained from work. And next is wanting to have a truly balanced lifestyle and have a true 9 to 5-ish because seeing other people's 5 to 9 PMs after their 9 to 5 videos on like Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and stuff, it really makes me realize how much of my days I'm missing out on because of work from multiple months of the year because of busy season. And I really envy people who have like a corporate style job and work a true 8 to 5, 9 to 6, whatever. Because I truly feel like it's very hard to have a corporate job that is a true nine to five, eight to six. Like if you're working in a big company, I feel like everybody sort of has this issue with like the expectation of you to always, you know, be working or always be available. And no matter what field you're in, whether that's like you're in, you know, consulting, accounting or Whatever it is in the corporate world, marketing, social media, whatever, I feel like everyone sort of has these ridiculous expectations and that involves, you know, being available after the standard workday. And I think a lot of that has to do with now that we work from home and everything. But I truly, this is something that's the one that's very, very strong that I struggle with because I often find myself thinking, I probably think, have this thought three to four times a week where I'm like, wow, today would have been so much better if I had a true nine to five and was able to, you know, go to a workout class guilt free after five o'clock or go get dinner and have time to go get dinner and a drink with a friend after five o'clock, like I see other people doing. Or maybe I just have the thought of, wow, I wouldn't feel so exhausted at the end of the week and I'd have the energy to actually see friends and do something if I had a true nine to five and I wasn't, you know, having to work outside of that. So, and last but not least, wanting to have a good relationship with money and not feel guilty spending money on vacations, high quality things, or basically anything that costs like more than a hundred dollars. Not saying that I always feel guilty when I spend more than a hundred dollars, but I find that if a single item or a single thing costs more than $100, it's very difficult for me. And this is mainly triggered when I see people pay like exorbitant prices on very nominal things such as soap or candles or home decor or something like that. And I see people do things like that. And I think to myself. I wish I had the disposable income to willy-nilly spend on a candle like that person did. And then I start thinking, I'm like, no, because I don't even want that candle, but I wish I had that disposable income to spend on something else that I like really want or to, actually, to go on a true vacation or to just be able to spend that amount of money without thinking twice about it. And that's one that I definitely have feelings for. And recently I was talking about just personal finances and stress and everything in a YouTube video and someone commented that it seemed a little tone deaf that I was complaining about money when there are people who are struggling to get by. So I want to disclaim with that last thing I said, I'm literally just being vulnerable and sharing how I'm feeling and I'm totally valid and feeling that way sometimes when people post stuff like that and wishing that I could do the same thing. But that doesn't mean I'm not grateful for everything I have because I am very grateful for everything I have and where I'm at and grateful that I'm able to live you know the way I do right now because I know right now the economy is just so interesting and it's very very hard to get by especially as a single person you know just starting out in their job or as a single parent and I absolutely recognize that struggle and but at the same time I do want to say my feelings are still valid and you know occasionally feeling envy when I see somebody frivolously spending money and wishing that I could do the same just as we all do when we see that kind of stuff you know what I mean but anyways I could probably go on for a while but these are just some of the main covetous thoughts that have been in a really just a virus in my brain over the last two-ish years I would say and some have become much more prevalent than others but notice how much more lifestyle and emotion and feeling centric my covetous thoughts are as of recently compared to my teenage thoughts Thank God I've matured. But really the point I want to make here is that our envious thoughts tell us something. They tell us what we care about and wish to have ourselves. More importantly, they can be indicative of our values since they show us what we care about and can highlight where in our lives we may be misaligned from our values. For example, Achievement and image were clearly two of my biggest values in high school, and it's apparent from a lot of the checkbox style of achievements that I wanted and the materialistic things that I wanted, whereas now you can see that self-acceptance, inner peace, and purpose are a few of my values that really aren't in alignment with my current lifestyle because of the amount of envious thoughts that I have that are sort of surrounding those values. And since I've gone to therapy and actually identified my core values in the last year, It makes perfect sense that my envious thoughts are reflective of where my values aren't aligned, and it makes perfect sense that these thoughts became more invasive and pressing over the last year since now I'm actually aware of my values now, and I wasn't before. Which explains why I'm almost 25 and just now realizing how much envy has controlled my life. Once you identify your values, you become so much more aware of how your life is and isn't aligned with them and a domino that falls after that is the envious thoughts that subsequently come about as you start to become aware of the values that aren't currently being prioritized in your life that you want to be more in alignment with and I was looking for a better way to explain this and I found this quote or whatever wasn't a quote it's just part of an article written by Neil Burton and I think it articulates the main point here very well The pain of envy is caused not by the desire for the advantages of others per se, but by the feelings of inferiority and frustration occasioned by their lack in ourselves. No, I am not unbothered by, unhappy for, or wish for people to not have these things that I want. Rather, I am bothered by the feelings of inferiority that stir about because of the absence of them in my own life. And that is what envy really, really feels like and how it really is for me. It's how bothered I get by realizing that I don't have those things, that they aren't present in my life, and that that makes me feel inferior to someone else. It's not because someone else has it and they're at an advantage because they have it, it's because I don't have it and that makes me feel inferior. Does that make sense? I know for a fact that envy produces a lot of shame, like I said, especially when it's publicly spoken about, but I want you to know that you're not alone if you've been struggling with a lot of these same thoughts where you feel like you're constantly not satisfied with where you're at and what you have and you're always looking for what isn't there and wondering why your life doesn't look like someone else's if you've worked just as hard. It's really shameful for me to admit some of the things that I apparently cared about so much in middle school and high school and even some of the things that I still care about now. But it's all a part of becoming an authentic version of me or my most authentic self. I don't even want to say version because that, that, that the word version with myself, that that in and of itself doesn't sound authentic. So it's all part of becoming authentically me and stepping into who I really am and these feelings of envy are truly a Lighthouse for me as a mid-20s adult with no idea of what they're doing with their life because They unravel my core desires for the lifestyle and mindsets. I so desperately want to have And I also think that envy produces a lot of shame because it's quite literally admitting to lacking something or being or feeling inferior, which is very hard for a lot of people to come to terms with and then accept and admit it, especially perfectionists. And I just want to say it's okay to feel envy. We just don't want it to remain a computer program that's running in the background and taking up too much space and hindering our ability to fully perform as a computer. Get what I'm saying? So what now? I've just dumped so much on you guys with envy, how I've struggled with it and the shame it produces and how it kind of controls my life and the way it feels, what it actually is, all, all the stuff about it. But of course, I'm not just going to leave you hanging there. I need to give you guys some ways to deal with these feelings of envy and how to move forward from them. And like I said, I have not unpacked this in therapy by I... I am a very self aware person and I can typically notice when I'm struggling with an emotion. And if I actually take the time to do the work to unpack it and do something about it, I feel like I'm very good at doing that. But I don't do it often because I typically sweep things under the rug. But I really force myself to not sweep this one under, under the rug because when I had that realization when I was cooking dinner the other night, it hit me so hard and I just, it was literally like a voice like telling me, you need to talk about this on the podcast because this is just something that somebody else is struggling with a lot and they need to hear it and know that they're not alone and need to know how they can like try and deal with it. So I really sat down and thought, what could I do to make these feelings of envy subside and just not be so controlling over my mindset and my thoughts? Because Sometimes we just feel envy and we feel it and it goes away. But the more and more you feel it and the more and more you just let it sit there and you don't do anything about it, it really starts to become this addictive constant cycle of always looking for what you're lacking. And then that ends up causing you to notice more and more um, as you're comparing yourself to other people because that you subconsciously start comparing yourself to other people more when you're addicted to finding something that so you So let's lack. talk about the ways that I personally am working on dealing with envy and examples of how you can do the same. So first and foremost, don't sweep them under the rug and don't let them fuel you to demolish any of your friendships or relationships. I really wanted to say this first and foremost because it's really important to remember that just because someone you know has something you want, it doesn't mean that that thing is not available for you. I think a lot of friendships and relationships get ruined at the teenager and young adult phases of life because envy is running rampant with no sort of regulation and it leads to someone treating someone wrong somehow out of feelings of envy because you know as a teenager you see that somebody achieved something or has something or is dating the person you wanted and all of a sudden, you know, that makes you really upset because you feel inferior and then you're going to, you know, say something that you don't mean or treat them a certain way or just completely cut off your friendship or relationship with that person because you feel envy, which is a very immature way of handling things that as, you know, teenagers and stuff, we just don't really know any better. And I think that as we get older and we're not all following the same cookie cutter lifestyle of... You know, going to school every day and then our after school activities, blah, blah, blah. It's a lot easier to understand that we're all on different timelines and that we don't have to feel threatened by someone else having what we want because our brains are able to conceptualize a way for us to attain that same thing for ourselves if we really commit our minds to it. And we're able to just sort of visualize that for ourselves. Whereas, it's, whereas when we're a teenager, we sort of have that short-term, short-sighted thinking where... Somebody else has something we want, and we think that that means we can't have it ourselves. But then as adults, we're able to sort of think more long-term and be a lot more thoughtful with things like this, and we're able to see, you know, okay, that person has this, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I can't get it too. It may just not be my time yet, you know what I mean? And next thing, when I'm feeling envious, like I've already said, it helps me notice areas of my life that I clearly feel like I am lacking in. So I try to take a step back and ask myself, what things are within my control that can help me create abundance in that area of life that I feel like I'm lacking in? So for example, are you feeling envious of the quality time that you see somebody else has in their relationship? Spin it around to ask yourself what changes you can make to your schedule to carve out more quality time and how you can be more intentional to make sure you prioritize it. And when we're feeling envious a lot of the times chances are that we can easily do a quick self assessment and there's likely something within our circle of control that we can tweak at least slightly to subside our feelings of envy and like i mentioned for myself envy can be a really great motivator but you don't want to become reliant on it as fuel because it will become an addictive cycle of constant comparison to others that will be hard to break and you'll never ever find peace if you can't figure out pure intrinsic motivation. Wanting something for yourself simply because you want it and then achieving it is far more empowering and sustainable for motivation than wanting something because someone else has it. Achieving it yourself because you want it is motivated by paying mind to what you truly want Whereas achieving something because you're motivated by paying mind to what you lack and what someone else has and you noticing that you don't have it and that makes you feel inferior, that's being motivated not by something you want. You know, that's because of the way it makes you feel for someone to have something that you don't. And sometimes you do truly want that thing that someone else has, but if the only way you can find motivation is by is through envy and seeing that someone else has something that you don't and you want it, you will never be able to just follow through with discipline and motivation with something that you truly want for yourself because you're going to become reliant on envy to fuel your ability to commit to something and to commit to working towards something you want. Does that make sense? And I think that that's something a lot of people struggle with and they don't realize they struggle with. And that probably could be an entire podcast episode in and of itself. And next, since envy typically leads to a very toxic lack mindset, like we just talked about, we were constantly looking at how empty your cup is in comparison to others. Another quick way to put the fire of envy out is to challenge envious thoughts with thankfulness or gratitude, which you may not want to hear that, but just hear me out. If you're envious of someone's fancy car, be thankful that you don't have the car payment they do and can spend that money on something else. Or are you envious of someone's free time? Be thankful that you don't have to struggle with the feeling of feeling bored very often. I know that gratitude and thankfulness can really often be an eye roll topic. And if you truly want to keep envy at bay and be more content with your own life and stop being so consumed in others' life, then challenge yourself to give yourself one piece of gratitude for each envious thought and continue to practice gratitude even in the moments when you're not feeling envious so that it becomes a habit rather than merely a reflex that's triggered by envy. Because you don't want to only practice gratitude when you feel envy because then you're not really truly practicing gratitude if you're only practicing it because of the times you feel envious. But what you want to do is start out practicing gratitude in those moments where you're feeling envious And spend it to think of something that you're grateful for in relation to that thing. And then you can take it a step further later on as you get in the habit of doing that to just sort of practice gratitude more freely even when you're not feeling feelings of envy. And this kind of goes, this next one goes hand in hand with reminding yourself that just because someone has something you want doesn't mean it's not available for you. But practice compassion with yourself and being genuinely happy for other people not only will it keep you practicing gratitude and make you more self-aware as a byproduct but will it will also really help you learn to be so secure in yourself that you aren't phased by someone having or not having something that you Someone don't. achieves or has something that you want, congratulate them. Even if it feels like you're faking it at first because chances are you will like the way it feels to truly, to be happy for someone even if you are faking it at first and you're going to want to keep chasing that feeling. Be happy for them and even if you're not directly telling them, you can say to yourself, that's awesome that they have blank. I'm so happy they get to experience that. Or you can take it a step even further and actually even ask them about their experience getting whatever it is that you're also after. You're really feeling compassionate. And chances are, it will humanize them and remove them from the pedestal that you've put them on in your brain from achieving that thing, and you'll be able to empathize with them and their journey to get there, and hopefully gain some tangible and helpful tips in the process. And as far as self-compassion goes, envy can be reframed as an opportunity to acknowledge your shortcomings and what you lack, but still remind yourself of what you're capable of instead of condemning yourself for not having something, and reminding yourself That just because you feel inferior, because you don't have something, that doesn't mean you are inferior. And if you envy someone for their seemingly perfect friend group, for example, it's the perfect opportunity to be compassionate towards yourself and say, the joy Sally gets from having a great group of friends is contagious and it's something that I would love to have. And then tell yourself, I'm deserving of experiencing that same joy and I can't wait to find a group of friends like that one day. Rather than having the more pessimistic and lack-focused mindset stemming from envy when you're saying things like must be nice to have a friend group, you've now used self-compassion to train your mind to identify something you want and create a sense of hope and optimism in response for attaining that thing and actually visualizing it for yourself if you practice self-compassion when you feel those feelings of envy by saying things like, I'm deserving of experiencing that same thing and can't wait to find a friend a group, a group of friends like that one day. And lastly, this one practically goes without saying, but remember that we're often blinded by envy. We usually just see the end result, unless it's someone in our circle like I mentioned earlier. We don't have all the details of the highs and lows it took to get where the person you're env- envying is at or the struggles that they're currently facing as a result. For example, do you envy the autonomy that a CEO has in their lifestyle? Chances are that you don't know the sacrifice they made to get where they are, and they may even be facing consequences now that they're in that role from making those sacrifices earlier on. So just because it seems like they have something flashy now doesn't mean that they are struggling with something in the present day because of the sacrifices they had to make in the past and it doesn't mean that they didn't make great sacrifices in the past because I can promise most CEOs have probably really struggled with balance or relationships or whatever it may be but chances are they probably struggled with something because it is a very demanding path to get there usually and that's just an example but we're truly only seeing a grain of sand in the grand scheme of things and basing our comparison off of that isn't fair to the other person or ourselves. And those are the tips I have to really help yourself when you're feeling these strong feelings of envy. And I really hope this episode was helpful and eye-opening for you guys. I'm sure that some of you listened to this and maybe like really felt personally attacked because you were like, holy cow, I didn't really, I was struggling with this. But I think it was just so necessary for me to say something about it just because of how prevalent it is with social media because I see all the time on like TikTok people saying, you know, must be nice to be an influencer because of X, Y, and Z. And while that's a valid feeling and you're more than welcome to feel that way. And I even feel that way sometimes about other influencers because I'm working full-time jobs. So I, I get both sides of the coin. You know what I mean? But I see stuff like that and it's just a really toxic, it can be a really slippery slope to a very toxic mindset to always have that must be nice mentality and just let envy control your thoughts and your life like that. Because there's a way to handle it. And then there's a way to let it just remain and not do anything about it. And I think it's perfectly healthy to feel feelings of envy. I'm not saying that you need to squash them and never experience them again. I'm just trying to say, Hey, this is an emotion that does exist and it does need some tending to, um, from time to time. So I hope that this episode was helpful for you all and I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave a review, um, on podcast wherever you listen. And, Follow inBloom Podcast on Instagram so you can keep up with the new episodes and keep up with other things because I definitely have like exclusive stuff posted on the podcast from time to on the podcast Instagram from time to time and it's just at inbloom podcast. And if you want more content from me, you can follow me on my TikTok. It's at Abigail Aslan or subscribe to me on YouTube. I upload YouTube videos every Wednesday, and that YouTube channel is just my name, Abby Aslan And follow me on Instagram or wherever else. And be sure to listen next week for next week's episode and i love y'all and i am so thankful for your support and for listening and i hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week and thank you so much for listening and i'll talk to y'all next week